Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench, everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, Monday at 9, 8 central on CBS. Here comes another episode of Bo Thompson's WPT Podcast. Podcast. The best moments of the week, ending Friday, September 13th, 2019. Newsmakers talk to Bo Thompson. Direct from the White House this morning, the acting chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney. Good morning, Bo. Thanks for having me back. Uh, Rudy Giuliani, good morning to you. How are you, Bo? Good morning. Talking to the vice president of the United States, Joe Biden, on WBT. Thank you, Bo. It's a great city. Mr. Trump, welcome to Charlotte Radio. Good morning, Bo. This is WBT's Morning News with Bo Thompson. Well, I've had the opportunity uh, since I've been here one other time to talk to a sitting vice president. Uh, Joe Biden joined the show a few years ago. And right now, it's an honor to bring on the current Vice President of the United States, Mike Pence. Good morning, sir. Hey, Bo. It's great to be on your program. I'm I'm very honored. Congratulations on all your success on WBT. Well, thank you for joining me. And uh, I was talking to Mick Mulvaney yesterday, and he was telling I me. Heard. I mean, this is your native your native environment on the radio, correct? <laughs> well. I, w- I was never as big as you, Bo. I, uh, <laughs> I, I always tell people when I was in, in radio back uh, in the 90s in Indiana, I was I was big in Bedford, Indiana. But it was I did a, I did a, a radio program five days a week and loved every minute of it. But uh, I, I have to tell you, the uh, opportunity to serve as I have in the Congress, uh, as governor of my state, and now as vice president uh, of the United States is uh, – It's just an incredible honor, and it's great to be with you today. Well, thank you for being here, and we are at a very interesting point in North Carolina politics. It's not every day that you have uh, not only the president of the United States, but the vice president as well, joining forces for uh, an election where you have a candidate who's running for the first time. This is so unusual with the special election, and I I don't know you know the backstory here, but talk to me about how the joint appearance uh, on behalf of Dan Bishop uh, came to be. Well, it's you know, as the president was in the state last night, and uh, I canvassed across the district with Dan Bishop. First, because Dan Bishop is a principled conservative leader uh, who will join a distinguished delegation of conservatives that represent North Carolina. Uh, it, it would be enough just to get behind someone with his record in the state house, where he, he cut taxes, he stood for the right to life, he stood strong for the Second Amendment. Um, and and he's and he's stood strong on issues like sanctuary counties and sanctuary cities, and and been willing to to stand up uh, to the governor's veto of of those measures, and and really address the issue of illegal immigration. So I'm here. The president was here last night because we're for Dan Bishop. But make no mistake about it, uh, North Carolina is going to play a leading role uh, in in setting the stage uh, for. Um, a great victory in 2020. We really believe that uh, not only does are we going to fight to get four more years for President Donald Trump and keep building on the progress we've made, but the president and I are absolutely determined 
to uh, reelect uh, a Republican majority, Senator Tom Tillis from North Carolina, in the Senate. But we want to elect a Republican majority back in the House of Representatives. That all starts today when North Carolina, we hope, will vote to send Dan Bishop, a principled conservative, to our nation's capital. So you had quite the uh, packed itinerary yesterday. You started out in Wingate, right down the road from here, at the uh, Get Out the Vote event for Dan Bishop. You know, I was honored. I mean, we had 500 people out, and, uh, Bo, we had overflow. There you go. Dan Bishop and I went over to overflow for a little bit just because we just wanted to thank people for coming out and recognizing this good man, the opportunity we have to build, and the momentum that – that President Trump's leadership has brought to this country, but also uh, to make sure everybody knew just how important uh, this special election is to setting the stage for winning back a Republican majority in the House of Representatives. We we really do believe Dan Bishop is the right man at the right time. He's the right Dan, and that's why the president was here last night, and that's why I'm on with you this morning. Well, uh, you are talking about uh, this being an important election, an, an unusual election. It really, uh, you've, I'm sure you've heard the, the national chatter about this being symbolic and maybe foretelling of what 2020 is going to bring, uh, extrapolating this race and applying it to the entire electorate come next year. What do you say to that? Well, I say it, it, it very well could, but the, the truth is that special elections, as you know, Bo, uh, and, you know, you talk about here on, on WBT Morning News. I mean, that's, that when you have an election that doesn't run with every other election, that it's all about turnout. And the reason President Trump wanted to be here last night, the reason why, why I canvassed across the district uh, and why we've all been getting behind Dan Bishop is we want to make sure everybody in this district knows every vote counts, that in, in Dan Bishop you have somebody who's you know, going to be going to be a strong voice uh, for for less taxes, strong military, the right to life, the Second Amendment. He's going to stand strong uh, in opposition to illegal immigration and sanctuary counties. And in Dan McCready, you have someone who's going to be going to be a vote for Nancy Pelosi to continue to be Speaker of the House and and advance their agenda of wanting to raise taxes, grow government, continue to. Uh, uh, essentially advocate, uh, you know, uh, open borders, sanctuary cities, and, and uh, the choice could not be more clear. But it does come down to who votes. It's the reason why today, uh, you know, we're, we're not only urging everybody out to vote, but yesterday Dan and I stopped by a phone bank with Congressman Mark Meadows and others, and we were I was making phone calls at a phone bank just to make sure people are calling neighbors and friends and telling them that literally every vote counts and uh, uh and and that'll that'll be the deciding factor in this race and uh particularly we just believe that uh that if if people will spread the word today that make time in your schedule before the polls close to get out and vote i i believe we're going to send dan bishop uh to our nation's capital if that voice sounds familiar that's because it's the vice president of the united states here on wbt mike pence is with me you had a FEMA briefing yesterday, and of course, uh, the president uh, taking stock of damage from the hurricane in eastern North Carolina. What can you tell me about what you learned? Well, we're very proud of the response of uh, North North Carolina's uh, emergency team. I, I met with your state your state director. We met with the FEMA regional director. Uh, the president met uh, last night with people impacted and first responders, and. Uh, uh, we, we recognize uh, North Carolina took uh, a real hit here, and uh, 
I was pleased to hear that we already have FEMA personnel on the ground. We're working very closely uh, with uh, with North Carolina state government. We're going to make sure that people have access to the resources and support. Uh, but uh, look, this was uh, this was an extraordinary hurricane. Obviously, decimated the Bahamas, and uh, but but the impacts all up the coast, uh, the Atlantic seaboard, coming as it made landfall uh, here in uh, North Carolina, uh, is something that's that has been a a total focus of FEMA, total focus of the president and our administration. But uh, I I think everybody can be can be grateful that it wasn't worse, and we can be proud of our first responders and disaster uh, relief personnel that, that uh, were ready and are leaning, leaning into now the uh, recovering and rebuilding efforts. But our, you know, our message to all of those that were impacted at the point of landfall and impacted here in North Carolina is we're going to be there today, tomorrow, and every day until we rebuild bigger and better than ever before. Mr. Vice President and, of course, uh, former governor of Indiana, uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't end this interview by mentioning that the, the show that follows this one that you're on right now yeah. is the Pat McCrory Show, and, and I uh, co-host a, a show with uh, our former governor here, and the two of you know each other very well. Well, we do. We served together when I was governor of Indiana, and, and uh, he did a great job. Uh, Pat McCrory, uh, I honestly, uh, Bo, I don't. I don't know how good he is on radio. You'll have to tell him that I said that when he comes on next hour. But, um. I'll do even better. Th- I'll do even better than that. I will. I will replay that line for him when we get on. No, the air. I, you know what? I heard from Mick Mulvaney and the others. He's phenomenal. I know he's been. I know he's been on WBT for a while. And uh, I'll tell you, his his uh, common sense, conservative voice. I know is is welcome every morning. Uh, on this radio station, and uh, I hope you will give him my very best. He was a great public servant, and I know he's a great, great conservative voice on the airways of North Carolina. I certainly will, and I appreciate you uh, spending a few minutes with me on WBT today. It's not uh, every day that I, I talk to, a, to the Vice President of the United States, so, so thank you for calling in, and I appreciate it, and good luck. Well, it's great to be on WBT. Thank you so much for giving me a chance president was in North Carolina last night. I was traveling across state yesterday, and we were there for one reason and one reason only, and that is that North Carolina and America need Dan Bishop in the United States Congress. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. All the best. You're listening to Bo Thompson's WPT Podcast. Time to bring on the host of Capital Tonight on Spectrum News. In fact, you know what? I've been meaning to do this, and uh, I'm, I'm going to make Tim Boyum feel a little more at home right now. How's that? Oh, man. You like that? Too good to me, Bo. It's going to mess up your whole body clock, though. You're going to think you're about to be going on the air. (laughs) Anyway, a host of Capital... clock anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, right. We throw clocks out the window now, especially this week. Now, I thought it was interesting. uh, On your show last night, on any other day, the first guest out of the shoot would have been Dan Bishop, right? I mean, Dan Bishop wins the big D9 race the night before, and he's a guest on your show, but... Uh, somehow, some way, Dan Bishop is uh, at the end of the show because there was more pressing news, believe it or not, 
out of North Carolina yesterday. I started my show today and said, uh, just when you thought the, the drama was over in North Carolina, something moves in to take its place. And here I go from uh, your tweet last night. You said, I've been covering politics in this state for more than 17 years, uh, not judging actions, but from a pure political standpoint, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this in terms of divisiveness or politicians speaking so strongly against each other. <laughs> what a day yesterday in the General Assembly. Yeah, and, you know, there's been a lot of people that have been here for a long time that, you know, are, are debating what I said and whether that's true or not. And I, I still stand by that. I, I, I just can't. I, it's, it's just amazing. I mean, but look, there have been there was a lottery vote back in 2005. Uh, there was a co-speakership. But, you know, with the invention of social media uh, and all these news conferences we've seen, I just publicly statewide, I, I mean, we have politicians, top politicians in the state calling each other liars. Uh, using things like bold-faced lies and disgraceful, and I just, I just, I can't think of a time more publicly and, and broadly statewide that has been this divisive. Uh, and yesterday was just, I mean, it was something to watch. And so, yeah, we extended our show by ten minutes. Uh, we had the House Speaker on. We had Deb Butler, who was the one that was in the viral video. And yes, Dan Bishop, I think, was the third guest last night. I mean, who would have thought that after two years, the ninth District, the next day would already be pushed all the way down? <laughs> well, uh, where do you think this goes next? I mean, you have the unexpected vote yesterday, and there's all the discussion about whether, uh, whether you know, whether it was unexpected or, or or should they have expected it based on the schedule, uh, the veto or the override of the of of Cooper's veto of the budget. Uh, that was yesterday. What are you expecting today? Uh, well, I, I think they're going to get back to work on redistricting. The, the Senate has to override this bill. Senator Berger has signaled already that he's not going to take it up this week. They're solely focused on redistricting. They have that deadline next week. And so now we wait and see. They need, to, you know, they need some help from a couple Democrats uh, to flip over there. And so we'll wait and see. I, we could see a very similar situation play out in the Senate at some point. Um, I, I just don't know when. And so it, it's going to be a wait and see to see if the Democrats will flip in the Senate or if not enough show up like what happened in the House yesterday. Well, there are two other majorly pressing things I want to ask you about. Uh, number two, uh, let's talk about District Number 9. Dan Bishop wins, and uh, he is now congressman-elect. Dan, Dan McCready has now lost two very high-profile congressional races. There's uh, a lot of speculation about what's next for him. But just on its face, the, the win for Dan Bishop the other night, especially how the night started for the uh, Bishop campaign, uh, how surprised were you or were you surprised? I was not surprised at the end result. Dan Bishop should have won that race based on the his, history of that district. Granted, Dan McCready had two years to run for that race. Uh, but I was surprised with the journey. Uh, you know, uh, Dan McCready early on was, was picking up from 2018 in certain counties. Uh, but then at the end of the night, Dan Bishop, I mean, he won Cumberland County. He won Richmond County. Uh, Robinson County was right there. Uh, and so it was just really interesting to see areas that changed and flipped. Uh, and, you know, as, as Bishop said on the show last night, he completely gives uh, a big chunk of that credit, not only to his consultants, but the president of the United States. And so I, I think we ended up pretty close to where I actually thought we would be. The journey to get there was much different. I think uh, the relationship between Dan Bishop and President Trump is one to watch, especially he'll be running for 
quote-unquote re-election uh, because he's got to run for that seat during the regular terms next year. But the RNC is going to be here, and President Trump does not forget when someone wins for him. And that's essentially what Dan... I know everybody talks about Trump you know, helping him win, but uh, if, if Bishop had lost that race, that would have been a huge deal for the president as far as national headlines go and momentum going into 2020. Uh, I, president Trump's not going to forget what Dan Bishop did on Tuesday. You are totally right. That's great insight. Uh, he's going to be very loyal to the president. Uh, he's already talked about that significantly. And and the president, you're, I mean, right, the cable networks will be talking about it probably right now if mm-hmm. Dan McCready won that race. And I think it's going to be interesting to watch to see what Dan McCready does. I mean, you think just on the personal level, after two years of this and two losses narrowly, uh, that he might just want to do something else. Uh, but, uh, you know, on Twitter yesterday in his, his uh, press releases, it, it sort of made it clear he's not done running for politics necessarily. So I, I don't know what that means. It'll be interesting to see, um, you know, whether there's voter fatigue for him in that district, too. Uh, it's He's going to have a lot of uh, soul-searching to do, I think. 30 seconds. Uh, I'd like to thank, or, or not thank, the uh, the DNC for scheduling a three-hour debate tonight during the Panthers game. But we have, it's going to be a busy political night tonight because in Houston uh, you have this ABC uh, Democratic debate, and this is the first one to only have 10, and uh, we're going to get this all done in one night. Yeah, and you know what's crazy about that? A, in this state we do have a Panthers game, as you mentioned. Uh, but I've heard... Not that much leading up to this debate can compare to the earlier ones. So, so I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I'll actually be down in uh, Fairbuff, North Carolina, doing a town hall on Hurricane Florence and what we've learned. Uh, so I'm not going to get to see much of it either. But uh, seeing them all on stage, I think, will be fascinating. Uh, it could start to maybe you know help people define who they want to vote for, and, and uh, at least for Democratic voters. All right, Capital tonight on Spectrum News uh, weeknights at seven o'clock, and then there's the Tying It Together podcast that I've been checking out with Tim Boyum, and uh, appreciate you joining us on a busy week here on WBT, Tim. Always an honor, my friend. Thank you. Wherever you are, whenever you're ready. Bo Thompson. This is Bo Thompson's WBT podcast. Ain't nothing like the great outdoors to ease your soul. Ain't nothing like the great outdoors Keep you from growing old If your mind's been hazy and you're feeling lazy and down on all fours Then join us bears and suck up some air in the great outdoors All right, so I, I beg to differ. <laughs> what do he say? To, to, to keep you young or to keep you from feeling too old? I spent the weekend in the woods, and I it was reinforced how old I'm getting. <laughs> now, uh, Pam Warner joins me now. Bo Thompson here on this Monday morning, News Talk 1110 WBT. You've got an exciting day coming up. Which I do. We'll get to that in a minute, but I want to elaborate a little bit on what I'm talking about with me. So... Um, I am with my son, and, and people who've listened know that uh, I'm active in the Boy Scouts, and my son's a Boy Scout, and so I am, I'm a parent, and so I go on a lot of the trips with the troop, and next summer, we are going to the Philmont Scout Ranch oh. out in New Mexico. This is uh, kind of the pinnacle. This is the mecca if you're in Boy Scouts. Now, I never went when I was, when I was a scout myself, but we're going to go this time around with our troop, and I'm going to go with my son and his group. But this is out in New Mexico, and this is a week-and-a-half trek. Wow. I mean, it is a lot of hiking. And so we're going on trips now to, to get ourselves ready for this, uh, to get the boys you know, up to speed and endurance and all that, and, and quite frankly, <laughs> probably more for the adults than the boys. <laughs> But uh, so all told, uh, let's see, six miles Friday, 11 miles yesterday and another three. 
So you're talking nearly 20 miles we hiked this weekend. Wow. Now, uh, Friday night, not, and, and, and this is, so I got up at 3 a.m. like normal on Friday, and I just didn't have time to take a nap. Usually anytime I do something on a Friday night, I've got to take a nap. I don't know how you are, but yes. I'm good for nothing if I don't, if we have Friday night plans, I've, I have to take a nap where I start dozing off, you know, around 6.15 and far from the life of the party. Yeah. <laughs> but Friday, so uh, we, we, we were leaving to head up to the Pisgah National Forest. The Cradle of Forestry is, is what it's called. Uh, and I remember Bill Barty was the first person that ever told me about the, the Cradle of Forestry. Bill is the host of the Carolina Outdoors show. But uh, So I finally visited the Cradle of Forestry in the Pisgah National Forest this weekend, and we went hiking out there. And so Friday night, we leave at 5.30. Now, granted, I hadn't taken a nap, so I've been up Oof. since 3 a.m., we left at 5.30. We got there, I don't know, about 10 o'clock or so, because we'd stopped along the way uh, one time. We get there about 10 o'clock, and I'm thinking we're going to, you know, maybe hike a quarter of a mile to our campsite. We hiked nearly six miles. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I have to tell you, the big joke became, with the group, is Bo going to make it a full <laughs> 24 hours awake? <laughs> yeah, no. Because we crossed that, you know, we crossed that past midnight, and we're still walking. And, and, and you know, every once in a while, Bo's, Bo's still back there? Bo's still there? Yeah. I'm here. I'm here. But but I, we really, it started to be conceivable that I might make it actually 3 a.m. to 3 a.m. <laughs> so I we finally came to our campsite, and I slept like a log. They could have driven a garbage truck through there and i i could have i wouldn't have heard it uh, and then the next day we woke up and hiked about i don't know all told 10 miles or so so this weekend uh, they put me through the ringer i mean yeah. i'm gonna be ready for this but i'm gonna tell you right now i am uh, i feel like the tin man i need to oil on my joints today <laughs> but so we all this hiking yesterday we get up yesterday morning and i'm feeling you know accomplished and then i uh happened to be attacked by a yellow jacket's nest <gasps> So not only was I was well, my joints aching now now I got five yellow jackets jacket stings. No. And you know how yellow jacket if you if you they think that you're encroaching on their nest not only do they sting you they chase you and I thought I had a couple that I felt and then I had you know a layered shirt I had a pullover on and I thought they were gone and then about two minutes later I feel another one and I pull off the the, the sweatshirt and there are about three more stuck to me oh I don't my know goodness. I don't know how they get underneath your clothes so fast but. Yellow jackets are relentless. Wow. But that was my weekend. Now, I had a great weekend with the, with the gang, and we're getting set for this Philmont next summer. But I'm telling you, <laughs> I sit here before you this morning. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I'm not exactly in uh, tip-top shape that I normally hope I am on after two days of rest following a weekend. <sighs> So that was my weekend. How about you? Well, well you know, <laughs> mine was pretty good. I sat in studio. I did Panthers traffic yesterday. Here I was complaining about being here all day in the air conditioning. Yes, I am here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Nothing will keep me from this microphone. That's awesome. Kudos to you. I probably would have called out. The best of the week. On to men. This is Bo Thompson's WBT Podcast. It is WBT's Tuesday morning news, and I bring on the line right now the daughter-in-law of the President of the United States and a campaign advisor to the Trump campaign, and she is Laura Trump here on WBT. Welcome. Hey, thank you so much. It's great to be on with you. Well, we, this is a busy time, and of course, uh, the president and the vice president, it's not every day that a congressional candidate gets that kind of star power behind him on the day before the election, but this is, as you know, Laura, a, a very, very high profile, a lot of eyes nationally watching this because, A, it's the only game in town, essentially, or o only one of a few. There's 
There's one other race in North Carolina, but this one right here, a lot of people believe uh, is a, a signifier or maybe a harbinger of what may be coming down the road for the Republican Party. Yeah, listen, it's a really important election, which is why you saw the president pay close attention, wanted to come to North Carolina, wanted to talk about it. Um, and, and I encourage everybody to get out and vote for Dan Bishop today. Uh, today is the day to vote, September 10th. So, um, yeah, it, you know, it's hard to kind of say exactly that those sort of things translate. I mean, we saw in the 2018 midterm, so many people tried to say that, you know, it was very reflective of the president was going to happen there. I think the reality is this president is so unique and so different. Um, it's very hard to say that, you know, it's representative of what will happen in 2020. I, I happen to think, Bo, that 2020 is going to be a major win for Donald Trump. Now, that doesn't mean that any of us are going to sit back and relax, but you have to look at exactly what has happened in this country. You had a man in 2016 who was a reality TV star, uh, you know, a real estate mogul, and made a lot of promises and really talked about things he wanted to do. All of the things that he talked about in 2016, he's either done or is in the process of doing. And because of those things, people's lives are so much better. People have more money in their pocket. They got, you know, they saved a lot on their taxes last year. They continue to save a lot on their taxes. Uh, You know, we see the lowest unemployment we've ever seen in the history of this country in many, many respects. Um, And you see what's happening with China, trying to work something out that should have been addressed 30-some-odd years ago with the trade. Um, but it's a president who, who really focuses on the issues, I think, that matter to people, wants to make sure that Americans are taken care of and puts our country first. And I think people feel those results. So I always say, I think that the people in 2016 who voted for this president are going to come back out and vote for him. And I think he'll have a lot of new people coming on board because they've now seen, hey, this guy was serious. He did what he, he said he was going to do, and, and things are looking up for us. Um, so it's hard to say that it totally the, the two totally relate. That said, uh, we certainly would like to have a Republican in this seat. We know that um, Democrats have been very clear that they don't want to work with this president, no matter how great the outcome would be for this country. Um, so we want as many Republicans as we can. So get out and vote for Dan Bishop. Um, and that is the message from the president. And that's the message from our campaign. Uh, but it will be interesting to see over the next 14 months, how, how things shake out. Uh, we feel very confident at the Trump campaign, though. Talking to uh, Laura Trump, now you, perhaps better than anybody else or more than anybody else in the president's inner circle, know North Carolina. You're from North Carolina. Wilmington, you know very well. Uh, Wilmington did not get hit as hard as it did a year ago with uh, Hurricane Florence. Nonetheless, the president and the vice president surveying some of the damage done to North Carolina a year later, another hurricane. So politics, yes, but also surveying what Dorian left behind. Yeah, and that's his job. You know, he he, uh, obviously I'm from North Carolina and he knows that uh, it's an important state to me, but it's an important state to him. And uh, he wanted to, to make sure he got down there and. Uh, that everybody was okay. And I, I really feel so grateful um, that we, it feels like a little bit we dodged a bullet this time. You know, last time, um, last year, I had several family members whose houses were totally underwater. Uh, my parents live on Riceville Beach. They're right off the coast of Wilmington. And um, and so we got very lucky, I think, not to see more damage from the storm. I think the Outer Banks got hit a little bit harder. Um, but but thank goodness things seem like that uh, it could have been a lot worse. So we, we feel very grateful for that. And you're right. I, I know the state and I love the state so much that I just named my daughter, who is three weeks old, Carolina, 
after my home state. So no, wait, wait. Uh, the phone <laughs> the phone broke up a little bit. It's it's Carolina. That's what you said. Carolina, yeah, that's, there you that's go. our daughter's name, who's three weeks old. Uh, so we 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 love the state, and it's an ode to to my home. Well, I was going to ask you about that because I know that's the reason why you weren't there yesterday. Uh, you've got uh, something else going on that's uh, requiring uh, your your undivided <laughs> attention right now. That is true. All new parents know that, uh, especially the first the first month or two, uh, it's pretty hard to tear yourself away from from the little ones. Um, so I, I was so sad to miss it, but um, but I will be back very soon. You'll get so sick of me in North Carolina. I'll be there for the convention uh, that we're really excited to have in Charlotte coming up next year, and then you'll see me nonstop. So you'll be so tired of me by November 3rd, 2020. You won't even know what to do. Well, it's pretty remarkable uh, that Charlotte hosts uh, both conventions within an eight-year period. I mean, I, that's that's pretty unprecedented, and uh, we remember the DNC here, but the RNC is is cranking up a less than a year away now. And uh, what what do you know of what you'll be doing that week? Uh, I know it's pretty far out, but then again, it, it's really not. Yeah, there's a lot of planning that I've been involved with already, and I don't want to spoil anything, but we are going to try and make it a, a very unique and very entertaining I think convention, um, you know, having a president who was once a reality TV star, um, it's something that, that he cares about, the entertainment value, as well as obviously the messaging. Um, but we're working really hard to, to get the right people in place to have some great entertainment for it. Um, and, and I think it's going to be a really, really exciting week. And, you know, I think the, the fact that two conventions, to your point, have now been, will have been held uh, within an eight-year period in Charlotte speaks to the city of Charlotte, speaks to the state. Um, uh, By Lyles, the mayor of Charlotte, has been incredible to work with. Her whole team has been wonderful. And um, I have to say that, you know, North Carolina is such, uh, it's growing at such a rapid rate, I think, in all parts of the state, but especially in Charlotte. Um, I think it really speaks to what our state has to offer, and and especially Charlotte and the surrounding areas. Um, it, it hasn't gone unnoticed, and I think it's the reason that you're seeing now two conventions held there so close together. Well, again, uh, Laura Trump and, and you being from North Carolina and knowing North Carolina well, there is a story that has been percolating for the last 48 hours or so uh, about a South Carolinian that's jumping in the presidential race who's a Republican. Uh, what do you think about this Mark Sanford thing? Oh, my gosh. I, I Literally, I don't know why anyone would waste their time, money, and effort to try and run against this president. I mean, I just gave you a whole slew of, you know, great accomplishments that he has. But but how I, I just don't I really don't understand it. The, the goal of doing that. You know what? We're not worried about it at all. Um, we feel very confident at the campaign. We work. I, I, I talk almost every single day to Ronna McDaniel, the chairwoman of the RNC. The campaign and the RNC work hand in hand. There is nothing that that makes us nervous about anyone. If they would like to jump in the, the, the race as well. Um, I just think it's, it's a waste of their time and it's a distraction more than anything. Um, but uh, I think we feel very confident that Donald Trump will be the Republican nominee in 2020. Well, I really appreciate your time today, and uh, it's going to be a very exciting day. I mean, we we feel like this uh, District 9 race has been going on forever (laughs) around here. Uh, And and the the remarkable thing is, is whoever wins this is going to have to turn around and and run again uh, because, you know, it's almost time to run for the regular elections. But uh, never a dull moment here in North Carolina and uh, the president and the vice president in town yesterday on behalf of of Dan Bishop. Uh, I appreciate your time. And, and again, congratulations on the newborn. And, and again, if, if people didn't hear that, it's Carolina. What, what a great name. 
Oh, well, we love it. And thank you so much. Always great to, uh, to talk to my fellow North Carolinians, and I look forward to talking with you soon. You're listening to Bo Thompson's WPT Podcast. Hot town, summer in the city, back of my neck getting dirt and gritty. Then down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. Yeah, that's all fine and good. But it's September 12th. Getting tired of this. Ray Stajic from the Weather Channel. I didn't do it. <laughs> where, where, where? <laughs> it wasn't me. What is going Eesh. on with this weather, man? It's, it's I know it's technically not mm-hmm. fall yet, right? But but it it shouldn't feel like this kind of summer in the middle nope. of September, at least not in Charlotte. Nope. Let's but, go back to the sixth. All right, now pay attention, boy. I say, boy, pay attention to me, boy. I say, I say, I do not I understand. Say, boy's about as sharp as a bowling ball. <laughs> from the sixth, ninety-three. 94, 93, 95, 95, 95. Today, probably 97, the hottest. Stop it, so this far hurts. This month. Ouch. Man. Breaking the record of, I think, 94, 95. What's the difference? You get in that territory, it's like, yeah, record. What's the big Man, deal? That's... The month. Here's the um, most eye opening stat I took out of this for the month six and a half degrees above average in terms of the average temperature. So it's been a warm month. I think most people can attest that. Everybody's in their car going, yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense, uh-huh. right? So, you know, let me give you something that might make you feel better. Okay. Well, maybe not. But I'll give it to you anyway. The record low for the day is 45 degrees back in 1917. So it has been much cooler this time of year, and it can be much cooler. I think that's what everybody's expected for it to be what? Much cooler. <laughs> Ain't See, happening. You should precede what you said there a long time ago in a galaxy, <laughs> in a galaxy far, far, far away. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> now, I was uh, uh, attributing, not being a meteorologist, but I was just kind of knowing what I know, the, mm-hmm. the, the limited knowledge, and putting it all together and saying, well, it was it was hot last week or maybe hotter than usual because that happens a, a lot when you have a hurricane or tropical mm-hmm. system move through. And even though it didn't directly uh, affect Charlotte with precipitation, you usually can feel some heat after one of those. And so I kind of thought that was what was going on for a few days. But this is, uh, this is lingering, and here we are 97 about a yeah. week later. Yeah, and, uh, you know, substance usually around hurricanes does cause temperatures to be, you know, warmer within the vicinity. Um, But, yeah, now we're just stuck under this big ridge. I mean, this looks like something you would expect in the middle of the summer. Um, The ridge is trying to break down, though, as we get into uh, maybe early next week. There's going to be a little something possibly. uh, We're in Vest Area 95L, currently over the southeastern Bahamas. It's going to try to get into South Florida, increase the rain chances as we get into the weekend. And Sunday is going to be somewhere around on the coast of um, the, the Gulf of Mexico, maybe the Panhandle, maybe as far west as the American model does as uh, Louisiana and the Alabama coast, but uh, a weak system at that. But that could change our weather here because some of that moisture could get drawn up in here as we get into early next week, increase the cloud cover, and maybe see a little bit better chance of showers, thunderstorms. And then middle of the next week, I think we may see um, a wedge setting up, which is a little northeast flow, which would mean some cooler air coming in with high pressure to our north. So maybe we're getting there and we're starting something here and starting a trend for maybe some cooler weather or more seasonable weather. Listen, when we get back to normal, well, I don't know if you and I ever get back to that, but (laughs) when the temperatures get back to normal, 
It's going to be 83 for a high, 62 for a low, somewhere around there. Right. And everybody's going to be saying, whoa, wow, this is so cool this is. And, and it's just going to be average because now we're programmed to be like in the mid-90s. Yeah. Well, well, so, I yeah. see 97 possibly today, but then yep. 87, 87 tomorrow. Yeah, that brings I, it down I, a little. I mean, I, I can deal with a 10-degree 10, 10 uh, decrease. I'll, I'll start with that at least. Right. Now, people around here see 97 as a possible high today. What about game time for the Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Bucks for Thursday night football? Are we talking about like a 90-degree kickoff? Yeah, yeah. yeah, easily. Probably somewhere in the upper 80s, low 90s. 8.20, right? I assume. Yeah, the yeah, thereabouts. Uh-huh. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, it's going to be warm. Gonna, you know, And I'm even going to pop in now. It's just been running through um, one, of the, um, bah, one of the mesoscale models, the HRRR. It's starting to show maybe a couple showers around. There might be some pop-up showers, but anything that goes up will go down after sunset. So I wouldn't be surprised if you're out tailgating, hopefully under a tent. Yeah. <laughs> you um, get a pop-up shower this afternoon. They're very isolated, though. So if one just happens to pop up over the stadium, it's at least possible, but warm. And it's going to be hot. And, and I mean, it's going to be no tree. I don't even know if we'll be out of the 80s by the end of the game because the low is only going to be in the low 70s by tomorrow morning. So a warm, sticky night. And it does look like they are going to see maybe the rain chances increase just a little by tomorrow with the upper 80s. That's why we've got um, instead of 95 or 97, maybe 88 or 90 tomorrow and mid-upper 80s over the weekend. So we'll get back into the 90s early next week. Um, I really think that as we get into the middle of next week and beyond that, maybe trying to get temperatures back down to normal. Right now, Wednesday, we've got a high near 85 and lows near 65. So that's closer to average. That's closer to average. So hopefully some hope there. All right. I refuse to do another segment with you until we have snow in the forecast. Excellent. I'm I'm going to take a stand, and that's where I'm going I like talking to you too much. I can't wait wait that long. So thank you, Ray. All right, Bob. You're listening to Bo Thompson's WPT Podcast. I thought I'd wrap up the podcast this week in honor of 18 years since 9-11 by playing you something that turned 17 a few days ago on the anniversary. When the attacks happened in 2001, we all covered them on WBT, those of us who worked there then, and that would be Hancock and myself and some others. But it was difficult to know how to slowly get back to normalcy and how to help people deal with this incredible tragedy. And, and, and WBT has been in that situation before. I don't think it's ever been there on such a grand scale as this, but Hurricane Hugo comes to mind and other tragedies throughout the years. But as a radio station, we bring you the news and then we help you try to deal with the news. And we do that together, quite frankly. But again, it's always a bit of a challenge to know when to go back to being normal or or somewhat normal. So one thing that John Hancock did back in that era was he began to play some songs that radio producers Producers and radio pros around the country, hosts and whatever, they would take these songs. Don Henley's New York Minute comes to mind, and, and also the Ray Charles' America the Beautiful. These songs would circulate where people had put actualities from 9-11 and sound bites interspersed with these songs and make them into song montages. Well, Hancock started playing these on his show, and they they became very popular, and it's something that he has done as a tradition every year since to honor the anniversary. But in, in 2001, I remember saying to John, we need one that 
has WBT and, and local Charlotte sound bites intertwined with the other ones that we're so used to hearing from out of New York City and Pennsylvania and Washington, D.C. And of course, I was the, the station's what they call imaging director at the time. So I did all the sound design for the station. I did that for about eight years in one of my previous lives uh, here at this radio station. So I said, Hancock, if I make one with, with local sound bites, would you use that? And he said, of course. And so I did. I put this one together to a, a song that had been written and released by Bruce Springsteen within the last year. That album, The Rising, which was inspired by the, the events of 9-11, well, it had a song on it called Empty Sky, which, of course, was about how the New York skyline looked post-2001, September 11th. So what I'm going to play you right now is a piece of audio that I'd been missing for several years. Uh, I thought I had all of the audio from from BT, at least that I had collected that day. I, I thought I had all of that because I always play a montage that I made at the end of the day on September 11th on my show. But there was always that other thing that I made for Hancock, and it played for a few years, but then I lost it. I lost the master copy, and I, I couldn't find it amongst John's stuff either. And then this past Wednesday, I heard John play this on his show, and I thought, where has that been? Well, I don't know where he had it. Uh, where I was looking was not the right place, and I'd assumed this was gone, and now I'm very happy to be able to have it back, thanks to John finding it and playing it. But you're going to hear some audio in this next piece that uh, is from WBT uh, on the day and in the days after 9-11 that uh, I, I didn't think we had anymore. And it's a, it's a good representation of what we sounded like that day, and it really rings back true uh, the emotions of the nation uh, dealing with uh, that unbelievable attack that we still uh, hurt from so much today. So I'll leave you this week on the podcast with this piece that I put together 17 years ago this week. BT Live. We just witnessed on CBS and ABC on television. Another plane has now crashed into the World Trade Center. Uh, it would appear purposeful. Today, our fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack. The most tragic hour in America's history. The city is now closed. The airspace around the city is closed. Reporting that an aircraft has crashed the Pentagon as well. It's an empty plane down in western Pennsylvania. It's clearly a, a coordinated effort. I want a kiss from your lips. This is Pearl Harbor. We've been attacked by terrorists. I've never seen anything like it in my life. I woke up this morning. And we were just in a cloud of darkness. To an empty sky. None of us will ever forget this day. God bless America. Empty sky. Empty sky. I woke up this morning to an empty sky. I'm looking down empty at the site of what used to be the World Trade Center towers. They're both gone. This morning to an empty sky. I just want to extend our prayers and our thoughts to all those people. Blood on the street. We are ready to assist other states in any way we can. The spirit of this nation will not be defeated. I hear the blood of my blood. When American suffers, crying from the ground. We as a Congress and as a government stand united. Empty sky, empty sky. I woke up this morning to the empty sky. 
plane and the World Trade Center turns looking up and look up and there, there it is on fire. A New York native, I tried to reach my parents, finally getting through a clogged up network. My mother haltingly told me how my father called her an hour before from his cell phone from Manhattan, where he works. She hadn't heard from him since that second plane hit the towers, and I tried his cell phone for another two hours, and finally reaching him. I told him that I loved him. On the, plains of Jordan, the highest honor we can pay them to rise above the evil, oh, this tree of evil. that claimed their lives. This tree In this hour of adversity, I want a kiss from your lips. we must eulogize them with our strength. To those who say that our city will never be the same, I say you are right. To the empty sky. It will be better. God bless America. Empty sky, empty sky. I woke up this morning to an empty sky. Empty sky, empty sky. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. this battle will take, yet we know our cause is just. We will no doubt face new challenges, but we have our marching orders. My fellow Americans, let's roll. Thanks for listening to Bo Thompson's WPT Podcast. Hear Bo live weekday mornings 5 to 8 on WPT's Morning News and 8 to 10 on the Pat McRory Show with Bo Thompson. Plus, on demand anytime at WPT.com and Radio.com. Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, Monday at 9, 8 central on CBS.